Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Mine's now over. The spring training stuff for me, front and center, not that I watched a lot of it. And look, we could get into the Rogers stuff still, the Daniel Jones stuff still, but being that we actually had some games played in Major League Baseball this past weekend, and obviously the Knicks, and, you know, the Knicks looking really good. We'll get into them as well. They got a big game with the Celtics coming up. It's going to be fun to have the Knicks being relevant, you know, some of the hockey stuff, whatever. So there's a lot there, but the baseball stuff is front and center to me as we start to inch closer and closer toward opening day. I mean, it is now February 27th. Wednesday is going to be March 1st. So once you get into March, it really starts to feel like, you know, baseball season is here. And I know we get the WBC, which will mess up uh, spring training a little bit. And, you know, the the one year, maybe you don't want the WBC at all. And I'm not really a big fan of it, so I, I never really want it. But I understand it. I understand that some people get into it. But this year, with all the new rules in place, you'd like to see teams be whole in spring training, learning the new rules and getting to know their new teammates and all that stuff as the season approaches. But either way, I didn't. it wasn't like I was locked into every Mets and Yankees pitch this weekend, but I watched enough of it and you know, read up on a, a bunch of different things. And the big theme, of course, is going to be these rule changes, at least for now. I can't get caught up in the results. You guys want to go nuts because Jason Dominguez, you know, the Martian uh, hits a uh, a bomb of a home run or Ronnie Mauricio goes deep. I I just I can't, I can't get into it. I mean, it's fun to watch the highlights. Don't get me wrong. It means absolutely nothing. I mean, it means nothing. And whether you're a veteran, whether you're a young player, the highlights in spring training, the numbers in spring training, the starts, the uh, the relievers throwing uh, solid innings or, or getting lit up, it means absolutely zero. I've been down this road too many times before and have been burnt before. Forget about the first weekend of spring. I'm talking about the entire spring where you think, wow, maybe this guy's got a chance to make the team and do some damage. And then you realize that spring training means absolutely nothing. And anybody you talk to in baseball, managers, players, GMs, whatever, former managers, players, GMs, they they all say the same thing. Do not take any stock whatsoever in the results of spring training. There are things you could take from spring training, but not in the numbers, not in the results. Anyway, while there were some exciting things on the field and just great to have baseball back, whether a Yankee fan or a Met fan, the rule changes are going to be front and center here. And I don't know. I mean, look, I have an opinion, but it's early on it. So I don't know what to think. I'm a traditionalist. I hate the idea that we've gotten to a point with Major League Baseball that we have to implement rules to get these players to play the game the way that it was supposed to be played, whether that is the shift, whether it is rules that are put in there to make 
you know, stolen bases more of a thing. Um, whether it is obviously you know rules to speed up the game or the pace of play, where pitchers aren't sitting around for a minute or so before they throw a pitch, or batters are messing around in the batter's box or on the you know on deck or whatever it may be. It it didn't used to be like that. It used to just be all right, get in the box, go, and and the game, the pace of the play was just naturally there. And somewhere along the line, it evolved to a point where it was a snail's pace. And even though I love baseball and love, you know, never looked at the clock for a game until I got in the media, where that's all the media members do, and I understand why. But that's all that they do is look at the clock, look at the time. I remember going to games as a kid thinking, oh, no, the game's almost over. Like, I wanted to be there all night. And even as an adult watching games, whether it's at the game or at home, I enjoy watching baseball games. I don't want there to be a rush job to get through the games that I want to see. However, it's been so bad that something needed to change. And for me, it's also about the quality of play. It's not just that the games have been taking a longer time or it feels slow in a world where everything is sped up. It's also the 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 quality of play. When you're watching a game that is taking three and a half, four hours, and you have wasted time all over the place. Let's say the pitchers, and I don't know the exact time that it was taking pitchers to you know throw a pitch. Now you're going to have the pitch clock with every 15 seconds with nobody on base, something happening. Think about that. You have a clock that you're looking at. It's weird. I get it. You know, the shot clock or whatever you know, uh, comparison you want to draw that you see out there on a baseball field is just bizarre. However, you know that something is going to happen the play clock may be the better um, example. You know that something's going to happen every 15 seconds. And prior to that, you don't. You don't know when it's going to happen. And then even when a pitch is thrown, ball, ball, or swing and a miss, you know, nothing is happening. The ball's not being put in play. And you, know, you have now, with the pitch clock there, the forced action every 15 or 20 seconds if a runner is on, which I think is attention-grabbing. If it's not exciting, it's going to grab your attention, meaning you know, there are times where you're just seeing a pitcher work and it's taking forever, and you're just kind of like, all right, whatever. Now that there's a you – know, you get up and do something, or you, it's just a different feel. Now that there's a clock there – maybe there's something about that clock that makes everybody anxious – there's a clock there telling you guaranteed when something's going to happen. I think that's going to create more focus and more attention to each pitch. And then you take it with the new shifts or the the rules with the, you know, ruling out the extreme shifts when in fact the ball does get put in play. Better Things should happen, whether that is base hits, the way that we used to remember base hits through a hole, whether that is diving plays in the infield, the way that we used to remember that, as opposed to balls being hit right at somebody who's playing, you know, uh, playing a perfect position defensively because of the shift and because of all these metrics and analytical stuff that they have. No, those are things that are exciting in baseball: diving plays, balls that just get through the infield, things that were norm growing up watching the sport. That's what baseball is meant to be. Throw the ball, see the ball, hit the ball, put the ball in play, try to catch the ball, get the runners out, runners you know, stealing bases, things like that. Whatever it may be, those things should be coming back in the game. And we can't just go off a small sample size, but it feels like there is great excitement amongst even the most traditional baseball fans based off of this past weekend. And if I'm not flat-out excited by it, I'm at least intrigued by it to see how it plays out for real. Bigger bases, you know, three inches now, shortening the distance. Think of how many times you've heard the saying, well, it's a game of inches, or 
how close a play has been. A bang-bang play by a fraction of an inch or inches where an out or safe call has been made. Well, that's going to change now with the bigger bases. Things are going to change. And hopefully for the better, for a sport that I love more than any other sport. Now, don't get me wrong. Football is great. You know, I'm sad that, you know, sun, football Sundays are over. More family time. Yay, me. But we love football and all that that brings. You know, you could, if you're a big basketball fan, you love the NBA or hockey, whatever it may be. Baseball has always been my thing growing up, and it's the one sport that has, not that it's been falling off in popularity, but the pace of play doesn't match the other sports. And it just feels a lot longer. The games feel a lot longer. And now maybe they could get some more excitement, some more attention drawn to a sport where you have to have a long tension span. And a lot of times can be flat out boring. And maybe this will be better. You, know, you see some of the violations already that have happened in spring training, and it's funny to watch where the pitchers, you know, some of them in bad habits of whatever it may be, their you know their fix out there with playing with their glove or tossing the ball up in their hand or fixing their hat or walking off the mat. You know, all those things, those bad habits are going to have to change now. And what we want to see from baseball as opposed to the downtime while there is something appealing about the downtime in the sport, right? It's an untimed game, which makes it special. That's the difference. Baseball is not supposed to be timed, but it's also supposed to be played at a decent pace. And knowing now because players took too many liberties with that free time, with the timeless sport, knowing now that there's going to be forced action, I think is exciting. You know, and then you get into the whole idea of both the Mets and the Yankees, and we've talked about this, regardless of, you know, look, maybe the Mets fell short a move because of the Carrasco thing or the Yankees looking for a left fielder. But the idea that we have two teams that are very exciting teams to look forward to, you know, as far as the results go, we're talking about the rules of the game, which don't really have much to do with the results, but then you throw in the fact that, you know, the Mets have one of the best managers in the game, if not the best in-game tactician running things for these new rule changes. There's something to look for there, and obviously the talent that the Mets have on their roster. Same thing with the Yankees, not in the dugout, of course, but the Yankees have a great team, and we're seeing again if they could take that next step. I think there's a lot to look forward to this baseball season, and knowing that there's potentially more. And you know, you know, it may be slow right now in February. I feel like it's far away. But once we get into that season, which now we're closing in on, you know, a little less than a month for opening day. Matter of fact, it might be right around, what is it, March 30th is opening day? About a month away from opening day. Once that happens, it is all baseball all the time. And maybe we'll get an even better version, a much better version of the game that we love so much in this town. Two good teams, or what we expect to be good teams, playing a more exciting version of the sport that we love first and foremost in this town. Because this is a baseball town. I know now people, like I said, will be into the Knicks here. Oh, Knicks taking on the Celtics. Knicks coming off a big win against the Pelicans. Just in general, have been playing uh, you know, really solid basketball. When the Knicks are good, which has been, I mean, some of you listening have no idea that that was ever the case. The Knicks were good? What? What's this guy talking about? Yeah, they actually were many, many years ago. But when the Knicks are good and they've won five straight, when the Knicks are good, it is exciting around here. And they have the you know, a couple of big games. They have a, a tough schedule coming up, as we talked about, coming out of or going into the All-Star break. And now coming out of the break, obviously, the Knicks playing well in their first two games out. But the Celtics tonight, Brooklyn on Wednesday night, you know, the, the schedule gets tougher from there at Miami, at Boston. Things are It's going to be exciting now for the Knicks. And I, I get that this city will get behind this team, no doubt. The Knicks fan has been starved. But, and you can talk about the Jets and Giants all you want. This is a baseball town. First and foremost, 
this is a baseball town, and it is an exciting time to be a New York baseball fan, and I think just an exciting time to be a Major League Baseball fan. If you're a purist like myself, at least have an open mind going into this thing. That's kind of how I'm approaching it, uh, approaching it. I hated the idea at first. I don't want the game that I love to be rushed. I just want it to be played better. But you know what? These rules being put in place for a reason, and I do think ultimately it's going to make the game that we love more exciting and better and more fun, and those are good things. Go into it with an open mind regardless of where you stand. 877-337-6666. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose, and it's alive. And then going into the end zone is Steve Gregory. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Salakata back on the Fed, 877-337-6666. Make 2023 the year you beat Vegas. Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head-to-head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. No fancy computer algorithms, no guys across the pond setting lines for American sports. Just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. So download the Superbook Sports app or visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas right now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we mentioned you know, before the break, getting into the baseball stuff, 877-337-6666. The Knicks looking really good coming out of the break and. Maybe for the first time in a very long time. And I'm talking about even the 54-win season with Carmelo, which is really the one year in the last 20-plus years that the team has been good. Maybe this is the first time where there is legitimate reason for excitement. I, I don't know about you guys, and I guess it depends on your age, but I never really got that into that 54-win win team. They were good. It was great because it was the best team that we've seen in a very long time, but I never thought that they were you know, going to do legitimate damage. Now, I don't think this Knicks team can do legitimate damage, but it's different because they're kind of growing in the first year with Jalen Brunson. Yes, Julius Randle's been here before, obviously, been an all-star a couple years ago, and the Knicks were a four-seed a couple years ago where you know that was the year I thought they were going to win a first-round matchup, which they didn't, of course, as we know, against the Hawks. But, you know, it seems, it feels a little different now. The Nets, not that they're out of the way because the Nets are good, but the fact that the Nets traded off KD and Kyrie, it officially got them off the radar when it comes to, you know, the basketball in this town. And again, I, I say that with, like, I know that, the, and I know that there are some diehard Nets fans out there. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But everybody in this town, for the most part, cares about the Knicks. And even with the Nets, with KD and Kyrie, the Knicks are always the top story. But at least the Nets fan had their moment with KD and Kyrie. They were a focal point. This Nets team, while it may be solid, while it may be something to build on moving forward, they're not going to be anybody's focal point. And... The Knicks now, with the superstardom, the attention-grabbing superstardom of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving out of the way, 
The Knicks are front and center once again here and closing in on a team that they had no chance to compete with with KD and Kyrie. I mean, the Knicks never beat them. It's as simple as that. And you couldn't expect to catch them in the standings. Now there's going to be a big game between them on Wednesday night. Obviously, the Knicks tonight, as we mentioned before, taking on the top team in the Eastern Conference. And we could see where they really stack up against the Celtics. But... I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility where we're talking about the five or six seed. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Knicks can make at least a little run here and make things interesting potentially at the Cavaliers. Right now they are three games back, just two in the loss column, but have four fewer wins than Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs do. If the Knicks could get that four seed, I mean, I guess if they get the five seed anyway, they could still win that series on the road. They could beat Cleveland in a best of seven. They have a chance. Can't say that you wouldn't think against any of the other top three in the Eastern Conference. But think about what we're talking about here. For so many years, the Knicks have been a team that has been one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. And while it may not feel like it's a big deal, to be, all right, well, big deal, five seed, six seed. Man, for a franchise that has been the majority of the last 20 years, better really than one or two teams max in their own conference, to look at them and say that they are better than half the conference, if not more, you know what? It is kind of exciting. And it's not just those results where they are on the standings, but also the way that they're doing it led by Jalen Brunson, led by great play from Julius Randle, you know, having some promise with some of the young players. And the most disappointing thing is, of course, R.J. Barrett and his development. Even R.J. Barrett had a big game the other night against New Orleans. Barrett finally, you know, getting on the the board consistently as far as the the scoring goes, was 8 of 13, whatever he finished with, what, 25 points, knocking down some threes. I mean, if he could play like that, And we know that the thing that's frustrating is that we know the potential is there. If Barrett can play like that, this Knicks team can do some damage. You know, the arrival of Josh Hart has been a a difference maker for the Knicks, as once again, he continues to have his impact on this team. Mitchell Robinson coming back from an injury. Seems like he's always injured, but you know what? He's back now and a big night on the boards with 13 rebounds and his defense in the middle in the game where they just destroyed New Orleans the other night. So uh, the Knicks have some, uh, the rotation from Tibbs being shortened up now. The Knicks have some real potential here to be at least a team in the Eastern Conference that will be worth watching. Again, nobody's getting carried away thinking they're going to beat the Celtics, thinking they're going to beat you know the Bucks or the Sixers. But think about the gap that has been closed here. Where it used to be, oh, God, is this team going to be a playoff team? Now it's, okay, well, they're not as good as the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. But they're right there with the four, five, you know, they're they're a part of the five and six, and they're right there with the number four team. Oh, man, if they could have just gotten Donovan Mitchell. 877-337-6666. Graham is calling from Hackensack. Good morning, Graham. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. What's up, Graham? I wasn't expecting the uh, the basketball diatribe, but I uh, want to go back to um, the baseball yeah, rule changes. Look here, here, yeah, here's how it works. I'll talk about what I want, and you can call and talk about what you want. Doesn't matter what I just my talked man, about. Man. I was it's, just, oh, yeah. it's, it's your show. I'm never going to say you can't. Yeah. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying you can still don't you feel free. You don't have to worry about the basketball. You can talk about whatever you want. So go ahead, Grant. <laughs> anyway, but uh, <laughs> about the baseball though, um, like part part of the rule change, there are certain things that. I'm looking at it, and I don't understand how players are not going to take advantage of it. I mean, pitchers are allowed one throw over. Batters are allowed one step-out timeout. So now if you've got a runner on first, runner on second, and he knows it's a 20-second pitch count, the, the pitcher can't step off again, how in 18 seconds do you not just go? Well, right. I, mean, I think it's I think it's more conducive to stolen bases, right? I mean, I feel like now look, they're going to be they're, they're going to be pitch outs. As somebody was saying that there's going to be or they expect to be more pitch outs, which is great, which is still exciting. Exciting, but I do think because of that, Graham, to your point, you're going to see more stolen base attempts. 
No, I mean, yeah, I mean, now we got the uh, the Pizza Hut pizza boxes that look like you know we should be our bases. <laughs> yeah. um, the the other thing I'm, I want, I just want to ask you about I've I've called into a couple shows before and I've never really gotten a good answer and I don't have a good answer myself. I don't understand why with the these BS rules that after the you know in the tenth inning you put a runner on second. If you're the if you're the away team and you don't score a run, how is your your every team's first move not to walk the next batter. I don't care if Barry Bonds is on deck. You walk the guy on the first because that run doesn't matter. How is that You're talking about in, in what – in what? give me the exact example here. You're talking about the top of the 10th inning or whatever with the ghost runner? No, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, the bottom of the 10th. The, in the top oh, okay. of the 10th, you didn't score. Well, top of the, the 10th, obviously, the 10th you can't. Game. You, walk the first, you walk the first batter. I don't care who it is. You walk that guy that you got to force a third. You you have a double play. If they try to sacrifice, now you got two outs. You walk the next guy. You got bases loaded. Why has no manager figured out that? that well, that, that, I'm sure you know, that each each situation could be different. I mean, I don't have the numbers on how many times the that batter was walked in particular, but let's just say that in the top half of the tenth inning the team does not score a run, and now we're getting to your scenario, bottom of the 10th inning, runner put on second base, and you want to automatically walk that leadoff guy. Let's say that they don't like the matchup with the guy on deck. They want to go after the first guy. I mean, that's a situation that you want to consider, depending on who's on deck, who's coming up in the order, what the matchup is. I think that a lot of things come into play. I don't think it's just an automatic uh, bases on balls, but I'm sure that in a lot of spots, yeah, you want to set up the double play and walk that first guy. I don't think that managers don't uh, or aren't aware of that. And 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 I that's that's not a bad answer at all. I I completely understand that and agree with that. Like it, it is probably a lot of times matchup based, but not for nothing. I mean, Tony Gwynn never hit 400 in his career. If he's the next guy up, you still have a better than 500 chance of getting the next batter out. Right, so, but I don't understand why you wouldn't want to go after that first guy if you thought, I mean, you need to get three outs regardless, and it's not like the next guy's going to automatically hit into a double play, so if you think that you could get that batter out, like, don't you think, though, Graham, I understand what you're saying, don't you think, though, that is a case-by-case situation? I I understand what you're saying, it can be a case-by-case situation, but I'm just saying that the no matter what, the runner on second is the All right. only are one you, that matters. We're talking you, about a, the guy that we can put on first. Or are you a Met fan or a Yankee fan? I'm a Yankee fan. Okay, so let's just say Yankees up in the bottom of the tenth inning. The runner is put on second base, and DJ LeMahieu is up, leading off, and Aaron Judge is on deck behind him. What are you doing? If I'm the opposing team. Correct. I'm walking LeMahieu. To face Aaron Judge? Are you out of your mind? No, absolutely. Because well, no, you, Yes, you are. You absolutely no, are because you, here's you, the scenario. You pitch to you, LeMahieu, you, you get LeMahieu out, then you walk Judge. Yeah, but you're, worried, you're, you're more worried about the spectacular game-ending hit by Judge as opposed to the percentages, which says that Judge is more likely to make an out or ground into a play or fly into a play that allows the inning to continue. Not He's not as likely to make it out as, say, DJ LeMayu is. It's got to be each situation. I mean, just be, you, but then, like, to your point, because well, you I don't think he's likely to make an out as, like, a Harrison Bader. I mean, DJ LeMayu gets on base when he's healthy at the same rate that Judge does, but... Yeah, no, LeMayu's a good hitter, but I'm, I'd still rather face him and then have the opportunity to potentially pitch around Aaron Judge. I mean, you can't... If you're, if you're saying that, then you would do it every time, Graham, and thank you for the call. If you're saying in that scenario that you would walk... LeMayu specifically in that example that I just gave to pitch to Aaron Judge, then you would every single time, you, not me or uh, other managers, you would, no matter what the circumstance is, if it's still a tie game, bottom half of the 10th inning, the runner put on second base, you're walking the leadoff guy every time. I'm not doing it. You're making, like, yeah, well, the percentages say 50% of the time or more, the batter gets out. Yes, yeah, so what? What does that mean in that particular instance? I don't care. I don't play the numbers. I'm not a numbers guy. But but even if you use that as your reasoning, 
Well, then why not just pitch to the first guy anyway? Because 50% of the time or more, he's going to get out. So you might as well get him out and then try to get the next guy out. Like, what is your – it's based on matchups there. Specific matchups, who's pitching versus which batter. It can't just be every time automatically. And by the way, I'm sure that there's been a lot of times where they do walk that first guy setting up the double play. You know, I I also don't have a problem with that particular rule where, you know, I know a lot of people have issue with the quote-unquote ghost runner, and I know it's not really a ghost runner. In fact, it's quite the opposite of a ghost runner, but that's what they call it. It's easy to say. The, I don't know, the, the fake runner, Let's just call you want to call that place at second base. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. I think it adds strategy. It adds instant drama. Adds debate. I like that stuff. Does it cheapen the game? Absolutely, it cheapens the game as far as makes it much easier to score a run. You're putting a runner at second base. How could it not make it easier to score a run? And it does feel cheap, but it does add instant drama. Brian is calling from Rockaway. What's up, Brian? Hey, good evening. How you guys doing? Great. Uh, What's up, Brian? Bob called, Bob called about, you know, very excited about the Mets. Uh, I think they're going to have a great year this year. I know with the whole rule changes, there's a lot of things to be excited about, but just a few things off the top of my head that I want to make a quick Mets point and then a quick rule change point. My Mets point is that I think this is the best Mets team that they've assembled in a long time. I am a little concerned with Verlander and Scherzer's durability. Older guys, I don't know, especially with this pitch clock that's going into it. I don't know, are the can this can this become a more prone to injury type of rule change because this because this affects an arm, an older arm more. Um, the Mets do have pitching depth, which is great with Tyler McGill and, and David Peterson, and that's fantastic and all, but. Those guys need to be healthy for when it matters. Scherzer hasn't been healthy late in the season now two years in a row. It happened with the Dodgers against the Saint, uh, against the Cardinals uh, series, and then it happened just this past year. Back-to-back years, an older guy going into deep into the season hasn't been Well, there. I mean, he, he was healthy at the end of the year, unless you're just assuming that based on the performance, something was up with Max Scherzer. I mean, we don't know for sure, but he was healthy enough to take the mound, obviously, in that Brave series, and he got pounded. He was healthy enough to take the mound in the wild card round against the Padres. So I I don't – I mean, it's not like he was out and couldn't pitch. He was there pitching. He just didn't pitch well, unfortunately. Yeah, but they they said the same thing. I guess it was a little more – there was a little more concrete answers in the Dodgers when he was playing with the Dodgers, but – they were alluding to it that, you know, it could have been his injury while he wasn't at his top performance. I mean, he got smacked around in that wild card series. It was almost mm-hmm. pathetic to watch. So I'm going to go with my gut thinking that you know, it was the injury. That's a big concern. And just real quick on the rule changes, I think it's great. You know, I think baseball did need it. The, the pitch clock, it, it's like almost like with the quarterback, the game clock winding down. Everything is, is good. The only thing that just I don't like is what happened – Forgot what two teams it was. It was. I, I watched the re- the highlight of it. Bases loaded, full count. Gets called strike three because he didn't. The batter didn't get back into the box in time. I mean, I understand the rule is the rule, and you gotta you gotta do the best that you can. To, you know, you have to follow the rules. But to lose a game in that spot, like, could there be a caveat? Could there be like a just kind of like a all right, this is the rule except for when the when this happens, then, you know, maybe give a batter an extra three seconds. Yeah, it's, it's a like... tricky it's a tricky scenario. I mean, that is a worst-case scenario, obviously, Brian. I know what you're talking about. I forget the exact game, whether it was the Red Sox and somebody, I forget who was playing. It was the Red Sox. The, the scenario there is worst-case, obviously, bases loaded, game ends because of it in the ninth inning with that, you know, uh, the the violation. But the rule is the rule, so I don't think you can... I mean, what would be your... What what would be your counter that? You can't just say, oh, well, okay, the rules are in place, so now... They, the, the whole reason for this rule change, right, is that they want to shorten the game, and the games are too long, whatever, it's one... It's... A, a ball's being in play every four minutes, whatever. Okay, but it's the bottom of the ninth. This is the most this is the most intense moment of the game. This is where we want to, right? We want to get through innings one through eight for this specific moment. I think that maybe the same way that they here's the thing. It's the same thing like they're like, Oh, we're not gonna have the ghost runner in the playoffs, but we'll have him during the regular season. So why not make that kind of counter offer where it's like, all right, innings one through eight, 
the batter and pitcher have this amount of time, but in the ninth and going into extra innings, they have this amount of they, and added three seconds. Well, how about how about this? In, instead of making it a rule one through eight innings, how about just uh, saying that the rule there is no pitch clock with bases loaded? Oh, that's a gr- you know what? That's even better. That's actually right. fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So so any at any point in the game, if there are bases loaded, the pitch clock is off. That is a fantastic point. Oh, no, yeah. This I'm, is what I did. That is, I am all for that. That is actually genius because, yes, it, it, it's honestly, it's BS. Like, you're telling me that the bases are loaded. It's a tougher position for both the batter and the pitcher. That, great. And, and maybe the more important thing, and thank you for the call, Brian. We appreciate you checking in. Maybe the more important thing is that <clears throat> we want the drama. Right, we want the excitement. We want there to be focus and attention. I mean, that's the whole point of putting these rules in. You want there to be that attention put on the field of play, whether you're at the game, whether you're watching, whatever, because you know that there's going to be action happening in 15 seconds, in 20 seconds. Well, with the bases loaded, there's drama. I don't care how long it takes the pitcher to throw the pitch. There's drama, and the buildup to that pitch is an exciting part of baseball. I mean, that's an exciting, but nobody is ever sitting there watching an intense moment, and regardless of what team it is, what game it is, regular season, postseason, doesn't matter. Base is loaded. Even if it's not a close game, it could be a close game for the most part. And you know what? Even if not, it was a 13-5 game. All of a sudden, it could become an interesting game with a grand slam or a double in the gap. It keeps the rally going. Bases loaded, there's always interest in a game. You know it. Think about it. Your team you're watching is behind in a game. They've been trailing all game long. 8-1 game in the seventh inning. Ah, this game's over. They get the base loaded. All of a sudden, you start to have some hope. So it doesn't really matter what the score is or where you're at. When the bases are loaded in Major League Baseball, it's one of the more exciting situations in the game no place to put them drama there's no need for a pitch clock in that scenario the build-up is part of the excitement the build-up is part of the fun there is or there are times where it is okay to not have to i don't want to say rush a pitch but to not have a timed delivery There are times in baseball where part of the beauty of the game is just letting the situation play out. Untimed sport, right? I do not think you can mess with the rule and say, oh, well, in this specific situation or innings one through eight, this happens. No. Now, even with saying that when there's bases loaded, there's the pitch clock isn't in play, even with that, you're kind of tinkering with the rules a little bit. But I do think it makes sense, especially after you saw what happened over the weekend where the game ended because of a violation with the bases loaded. Not that you can, and I'm not a fan of this at all, countering rule changes with other rules. I hate it. You know, in the NFL, you see a bad call, ruin a game. What do you want? The next year, everybody calls for a new rule. Rule change to prevent that from happening. Guess what? There's always going to be something else. The next year, there'll be a rule uh, that causes another team to lose a game. And then what are you going to do? Change that. And then change it. You can't just keep chasing things and countering things with other things because it'll never be fixed. However, this is an easy fix and one that is kind of common sense that because of what a situation with bases loaded brings, there's no need to rush or force that moment. You have the moment right there. Simple rule. Same way that they could say 15 seconds with nobody on, add five seconds with a runner on, just eliminate the clock altogether with bases loaded. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. So I heard a little bit about Salicata, by the way, back on the fan. Hi. 
I heard a little bit about this Tommy Fury Jake Paul fight. I did not watch it yesterday, and I did. It's just because you know I get caught up doing stuff, um, and I just did not make it a point to watch it. Nor was I going to pay for it. I don't know. Was it on ESPN? Manny, do you know we got Manny Rodriguez in for Fleeks today? Do you know where this fight was available? Was it ESPN Plus or was this on a pay per view thing? It was, where was this fight? Of if I'm not mistaken, it was ESPN pay per view. Same way that so what it, the MMA has it like that as well. It was a okay. pay-per-view on ESPN+. Plus. So if I have ESPN+, Plus, I have access to it, or I got to pay like... You no, know, you got to pay the 50 bucks. bucks. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's yeah. not just a Monday. So yeah, I'm not paying 50 bucks to watch Jake Paul fight. I just don't care enough about it. And if it were Tyson Fury, maybe I'd like to see that because I'd like to see Tyson Fury just absolutely bludgeon Jake Paul. I know enough about Jake Paul to not like him. That's all that I know. So he's a social media star. I don't think anybody really likes him. Uh, and he, he faced his first real loss, I guess, because um, this was a real boxer that he was fighting, Tommy Fury, who I guess is the brother of Tyson Fury. Do you know enough about that, Manny, where you can uh, confirm that? I can confirm that, yes. Okay, so yes, thank you, Manny. We appreciate that. Uh, anyway, I didn't watch it. I saw some of the highlights here. But, I mean, the guy's not a boxer. It's amazing he's done what he's done so far, I guess, with Paul. But anytime you get a, get to have a guy that is as unlikable and as, you know, loud-mouthed as he is, you see him go down, that's kind of fun. Now, the story before the fight was this leaked script, apparently, that all reports are saying that it was fake. I mean, come on. Who's leaking this stuff? And then the, the worst part is the conspiracy theorists believe it. It plays right into everything that these conspiracy. Somebody should leak a script for, you know, the AFC championship game, right? Oh, look, this is how it was supposed to go down. And you know, there'd be people out there going, see, see, I told you. I told you the ref wasn't going to call that on Cincinnati, on uh, Kansas City. I knew it. I knew they wanted Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It's ridiculous. Now, in boxing, I understand that it's maybe more plausible to have a fixed setting, you know, like wrestling. But there's a reason why some people don't like wrestling, because it's scripted, and sports fans want reality. And, you know, boxing, though, is just so... You know, a lot of these decisions have been crappy over the years. Um, so you could understand why some people would think that it's you know, scripted instead of fake. You hate using the term fake, but in in case that it's scripted. Anyway, Jake Paul goes down, and I think that the majority of people will be excited about that. Now, did Paul say afterward, I'm assuming he's going to continue fighting? Like, is, are we at a point now where Jake Paul is actually a, I don't want to say legitimate fighter, but can he continue doing this and making a ton of money? It's unbelievable. The amount of money that this guy's made now because of the social media star just gets in the ring and boxes and actually is not that bad uh, and loses in a split decision here his for his first loss. But are we at a point where, like, is it over now? Can we see him take on somebody even better? Or where do we go from here with with Jake Paul? I mean, I'm all for watching him get his rear end kicked again, although, like I said, I'm not a sucker enough to to pay for it. You have any sound in there, Manny, from Jake Paul? Do we have anybody that actually cut it up, maybe from the network? I'd be curious to hear what he said after the loss, if we have any sound. Just let me know in my ear uh, if we do. But I'd be curious to see what that loudmouth said. Usually these guys are humbled afterward. For some reason, I feel like Jake Paul maybe would not be uh, humbled afterward. And I don't know the odds going into this fight either. Um, was Fury like a heavy favorite? I didn't even know about it. Truth be told, I didn't know about it until yesterday. I actually hung out with Giannotti for a little bit, and we were talking about, uh, he brought it up. We were just, you know, hanging out at the bar or whatever, and he mentioned the fight, and I was like, oh, I was not even aware of that. Uh, had I known uh, more about it leading up to it, maybe I would have been inclined to get it. Anytime, though, in the past, forget about the specific event, the majority of times that I've purchased a fight, and I used to really be in a boxing. When I was younger, especially, like it was a big event. My my father would have my uncle over, or the neighbors would come over, and we'd order the you know, whatever the, the fight was. Holyfield or Tyson or Foreman back in the day. 
And it was such a huge event. I loved it. Loved the big boxing matches. And then even after that, where they would do the the lead up to it on HBO, they'd have the behind the scenes, all access, you know, the Mayweather uh, fights, um, Ricky Hatton. We don't have any sound, of course. Uh, no surprise. A Ricky Hatton, Mayweather. You know, just remember all these. You start to get into the characters and you learn about them behind the scenes in these four episodes or whatever it is, build up to the fight. I think that makes it more interesting. And then you actually, you know, get to see the fight. And usually, usually the fight, disappointing. You spend 50, 60 bucks, 80 bucks. As it's gotten as high as that was, the, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight or whatever it was years ago. I remember the. You know, it was 2015, 2016. Eh, it didn't really live up to the hype. Anytime you, you, you know, you bite the bullet and you spend that much money, it generally does not live up to the the billing. And it's like, ah, oh, what the hell did I do? Just waste that 50 bucks. I'm watching some of the some more of the highlights now. And, I mean, I was going to say that Paul doesn't look like a boxer. Guess what? He's not a boxer. Yeah, there's a reason for that, Sal. He's not really a boxer. He was more on the defense in this particular fight than anything else. As, you know, Fury did a a, a nice job boxing and being able to get that win. Uh, was it close to the script? The script did say TKO, right? I mean, I don't know. What did you think of that? Did you see that, Manny, the script uh, that was released? Are you into this at all, this Jake Paul fighting or the or boxing at all? Um, I could not care less about Jake Paul. Um, and oh, really okay. the only boxing that I am into is Canelo Alvarez since he's, you know, one of the best Mexican boxers and not Mexican. So okay. that's really the only boxing that I pay attention to. But again, I'm not going to, I'll just catch it on sports center. I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for anything really. Even for Alvarez, you wouldn't do that. I haven't done it so, thus far. Wow. But if you're into it, I mean, why not get a pool of people together and, you know, go watch watch the fight somewhere? Or you, can you even go out to a bar? Do they have those pay-per-view fights on or you have to pay to get into those uh, situations? Some, some places have a cover fee. Some places will just do it automatically. You can just walk in and watch the fight. But, I mean, I'll, I'm usually here on weekends, so... Oh, well, yeah. you're scheduled. And we don't get it We don't get it at the fan? We don't get the fights at the fan? Um, We used to when Tony Page was here, I'll tell you that. Oh. Well, come on. Somebody got to pony up. Now, if I were working and there's a fight on, I mean, I'd make sure that we have that on so we could watch it and then talk about it. But, yeah, those are – and if you have a specific interest, then that would make it more fun. I got to get back into boxing. I say it all the time. But, like, real boxing, not Jake Paul boxing, like actual boxing. I did get into the – I think the last fight that I ordered was Fury Wilder – was it three? It was either two or three. And that was actually because of Giannotti. Same thing. He sold me. He's like, oh, Wilder, you love this guy. Get into him. This guy, Fury's a loudmouth. My boy Wilder's going to take him down. And then I watched the fight, and Wilder got destroyed in that fight. Again, disappointment. Pay-per-view. I was excited about it. And then these things go on at all hours in the morning. You know, you're waiting for it. Oh, 11 o'clock. Here we go. No, not really. Another hour or so after that, the fight actually gets underway. I do miss it though. I do. I got to pay more attention to the boxing because I do miss having that event. You know, whether it's having people over or you know, sometimes maybe even my wife would get into that if she knew the storyline going in. Oh, this guy's a mean guy, or this guy's a nice guy and has a nice family, and whatever it is. You know what I'm really into? Boxing. Creed three. That comes out Friday, right? That's this Friday, I think. Yeah. Are you, are you caught up, Manny, on the on the Rocky movies and Creed? <laughs> You're gonna hate me. No, I don't tell watched, me no. I haven't watched any of the Rockies nor no. the Creeds, and I no. I, but look, look, I no. see, I see the trailer for Rock or for Creed three, and I really am trying to get into it. I just need to carve up some time to watch the Rockies. Do you know where they are streaming? Because that's like one of my goals for by the end of the month. Uh, yeah. You need first of all, it's like prerequisite to not yeah. only to work at the fan, like yeah. to live. You have to watch the Rocky movies yes, to be I able know. to walk the face of this earth. You have to be able to watch the Rocky movies. I do. I think a lot of them are on Netflix because uh, if gorgeous. I'm not mistaken, I just want uh, maybe is it HBO? There might be. It might be a combo of Netflix and uh, you know what? I think Netflix has one through. Five, and then you probably are on your own for Rocky Balboa, which is a must-watch and highly underrated. 
And then the Creed movies, I'm trying to find out myself. I just DVR'd Creed 2 randomly. I think Creed 1 might be available on like HBO or something. But I'm pretty sure the Rocky movies, the standard 1 through 5, right now, last I checked, are on Netflix. Because I just did it not too long ago. Not even really in anticipation of Creed. It just so happened to be perfect timing. So I saw all the Rocky movies. Now I'm going to watch over the next few days here, assuming I have some time. I'm going to watch Creed 1 and Creed 2. And then I want to go see Creed 3 this weekend with my wife. There, I mean, Manny, come on. How old are you, Manny? I'm 25, almost 26. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I know I that know. you're young. I, I, you're young, I get it. Like, you got to watch Rocky movies, dude. I know. You, you got, you got, you know, even if you're not into sports, this is about life. It's about the underdog, Manny. I'm I'm very sorry, Sal. Yeah, I know. No, no, I, it's I okay. I understand. Yeah. I've heard so many good things about the Rocky movies, and for whatever reason, I'm just I just don't watch movies. I don't watch television. I watch sports, and then I play video games. That's what my yeah. life is, Sal. I get it. Put down the damn video games and do something with your life, will you? Watch a Rocky movie. <laughs> all of them, as a matter of fact. Actually, all kidding aside, you will be able to watch them easily. Like, it's not, you know, the, these movies nowadays, two and a half hours. I mean, Rocky movies, they, they you, you buzz right through. They're, they're so good. They, they move so quickly. I can watch them again and again and again. Matter of fact, I'm almost tempted to go back and rewatch them one more time before Creed 3. I could postpone the viewing of Creed 3 another weekend or so. If, if, these, movies, if these movies stink, I'm coming after you, man. Yeah, oh, they don't, come on, they don't stink? What are you, crazy? Believe me, it'll be one of the best things you do in life. All right. You're playing those crappy video games. Watch Rocky, all of them. One th now, you may not love Rocky 5, let's say, uh, or you may not love them all the same, but they are great movies. Unless you're a bad person, Manny. It will expo if you don't like Rocky, <laughs> it will expose you as a bad person. There's no doubt about that. Anybody who doesn't like Rocky is a bad person. You have to, though, at least watch them. Uh, all of them, as a matter of fact. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.